Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Press the red button. Okay. I have put the papers in place. Okay. All right. In place, meaning in order. You've ordered your screens. Yes. Well, there is one, only one order. <laughs> oh. oh, right. Oh, right, because it's a countdown. That's right. Yeah, we're not doing willy-nilly things. No. Hey, welcome to What Difference Does It Make? Yay. Welcome. Thanks. Hi, Dave. Oh, thanks. Thanks to be here. Thanks to be here. Yes. You're welcome to be here. Oh, Wonderful. I, I think I need some more coffee. <laughs> How are you? That can always be said. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Good. Starting off great. Okay. This will all be edited out. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. What difference does it make? We're, you know, we're doing this podcast. So, what uh, difference does it make? We're here. <laughs> we do this thing. So, let's do this thing. We're, we're in, uh, what year are we in? We're back to 1982. Back to 1982. A good year. It's, it was a great year. It was a fantastic year for music. And uh, we're all the way up to number 40. Yes. Yeah, so we're um, taking the K-Rock playlist, the original playlist from 1982 of the songs, all the songs that they played, the 106.7 songs that they played in 1982, and uh, kind of going over them in 10 song chunks, <laughs> chunks of songs. <laughs> That's a chunk, right? A chunk of songs. Chunk- 10 chunks. No, a chunk of in chunks of 10. Chunks of 10. Yes. Because yeah. we have a lot to say about each song. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, all right. So this chunk we're talking about is uh, we're starting at 40 and going to 31. And um, so some of these songs uh, have been lost through time because uh, K-Rock has reprinted a list and they are, um, they took out their, they just did 80 of the top 80 songs from 1982. That's not confusing, is it? Um, they did the top 80 rather than the top 106.7 as they did in the past. So they've pared down the list. Right. They, and it's been fun to guess what's fallen off the list. Yeah. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes yeah. it's surprising that a song is still on the list. Yeah. Let's see. As I look, uh, I'm looking ahead. Uh, That's the, cheating. I am cheating. Exactly. There is only one song that is not on this list. <laughs> I'm going to guess what it is, but I'm not going to guess yet. I'm going to guess as we go. As we get to it. Yeah. All right. We'll see if you can, we'll see how well right. you do. Let's see. There's always a quiz within the uh, the, the show. Uh, I like to. Quiz within a show and then a quiz at the end of the show. Yes, exactly. We just, it's just, we're filled with uh, trivia, trivia bits. Quiz-like, like a quiz-like bit, atmosphere. Bits and chunks. We should have done, that's what we should have called this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's already been trademarked. I think that's bits and chunks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. 
It sounds like something else, Punky. some sort of other podcast, <laughs> not appropriate for anyone under 18 or something. I don't know. Sounds vomitrocious. <laughs> Could be. Yes, that, that also. Okay, let's get to number okay. 40 because this God. is very exciting. Oh, you're excited. Okay, it must be uh, because there's a band that you really love. That's Missing Persons and the song is Destination Unknown. Uh, life is so strange. I oh, sing that, them, but I kind of mumble them. You are not a lyric girl. I've learned that. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm, or, I'm not a lyric girl either. But, <laughs> no, you're not. Um, sometimes, um, yeah. Of course, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus, right? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. I never heard that. Oh, you never heard that? No. That's an old, old uh, oh. thing. Yeah. This Go- song. Yes. Destination Unknown from Spring Session M. Well, it was re- originally released on the their EP, their first EP in 1980. And oh, was, okay. Uh, and then... It appeared on their debut studio album, which was Spring Session M in 1982. This was their first video with a major budget. Major. The other ones just looked like they were, you know, standing in the studio playing. And this, I think, must have had some special effects. There were some things going on. Yeah, I, I don't which, know what. Which means, yeah, videos from the 80s with a storyline. Ah, they that could be. Uh, Bigger budget. That, that does, yeah, that doesn't hold well over time, usually, is usually the case. When yeah, you try well, to tell a story through video and... I actually asked him some questions. I didn't know about the video. That wasn't in the information I researched. This was my RE information from my RE, who also told me that uh, when he was in middle school that the class wanted to use it as their class song. But uh, I guess it was decided that it was inappropriate, which I can't imagine why, because your destination really is unknown when you're in yeah. middle school. So he was a little bummed about that. That is a bummer. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny when you think back at the 80s or, you know, like those songs and teacher, you know, I think. I think the perception. I think, pe- yeah, I think people are like, as we've grown older, we're kind of more open to, to new music and things. But back then, well, why can't you pick something like the Carpenters or, or the Beatles or, yeah. you know, or Elvis Presley, you know, something, something we know instead of this, this loud rock and roll crazy yeah. you know it's suddenly it's the principal from uh, from breakfast club you yeah. know it's yes. like it's like that guy i don't understand you kids why are you you yes. know it, it, okay. there clearly was when we were in middle school like a generation gap i think yeah although when we finished high school i remember in my uh when i was in high school at our senior whatever it was celebration uh we did a, a video montage you know, photographs and stuff. And we did it to David Bowie to Changes. Great. Which I thought was, I mean, yeah. there's nothing inappropriate about the song, but still David Bowie, you know, who might have been controversial at some point. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he was. But that that's kind of, that was like his, maybe they might have been aware of that song. I mean, it was already 10 years, you know, almost 10 years old yeah. at that time. So maybe, but, you know, maybe they did know this. This was something new. And unexplored, you know, destination unknown. What this is? That's no, true. no, no. This and is. And they sound so just, weird. This is just crap music. We don't. We don't want this. You and her hair is colored. You're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna regret. And look at her. She's wearing this plexi, plexiglass bra. This is yeah. not appropriate. Yeah. You, you kids are in middle school. What do you know? You guys are idiots. It's always right. That's so. <laughs> so. It's a lot like that. We've only just begun. Oh, yeah, that's so, a wedding song. So that's it should have been. A... We've only just begun. Well, but for. For, for an official uh, Los Angeles, uh, you know, principal trying to, uh, uh, you know, sign off on a song that the kids want to play or, you know, that they want as their own. Why don't you just make it the Carpenters? We've only just begun because it's, it's it fits in. It's nice. Okay. It's a nice song. We like it. We like it. 
We, and it's all about us. Like, yeah, yes. Well, yeah. that yes. Back then, it was still about yeah. about the adults. That's not right. Although, yeah. Although I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we've let the kids run the run, run the every, asylum. Yes, we really have. We have let the kids run the asylum, yes, but they did not at the time. They have, so there's something to be said for that. Sure. Yeah. As something. I look, yeah. As I look back at my at my bar mitzvah, <laughs> it was a party for my parents. Yeah. Back uh, when my kids had their bar mitzvahs. It was a it was a party for them. Yep, clearly was. We did not belong. I, you know, our relatives our age were like they you know first time being at bat mitzvahs in a long time. Like, what is going on? This is not. Yeah, the, these kids are all over the place. This is well, the DJ is playing music I don't recognize. Well, it is their celebration. We we're actually at our temple. Part of the spiel they give us before you know when you're you know going into bat mitzvah season or mitzvah season is. Remember that the celebration is for the kids, so consider having an, a kids-only party. It's not about you. It's about your kids. Right. Well, that was, yes. Yeah. That was indeed the case. But looking yeah. at, as I was looking at pictures of my bar mitzvah, I was like, oh, you your know, parents there, friends. There, there are a lot of my parents' friends. Yeah. And if, I mean, I didn't have a lot of friends, but it was, <laughs> oh. well, it's fine, but, which is fine. But, but looking back on it, it was just a party for my parents to throw for or their yeah. friends and you know have have a couple of david's buddies As it was did. like yeah which was one yeah it was craziness it was a different time or it was a, it was totally a different time less indulgent of the children back then yes indeed which <laughs> was fine by me yeah. back then when i was 13 and still going. finding yourself yes exactly <laughs> a lot of that destination unknown indeed let's go to another promise of uh <laughs> on number 39 can i promise you a miracle oh this should have been my uh, for middle school. Oh, <laughs> I promise you a miracle. Something yeah. something amazing will happen to you. And you got your miracle. I, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. Life got good. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant life got good in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, this is a this is a miracle. One day. <laughs> One day you'll do something that's called the road, a podcast. Yes, it's not exactly radio. It's not. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. That sounds. Good. Yeah. So promised you a miracle from Simple Minds, right. uh, New Gold Dream. Did not chart here. Did you know that? Um, I did not know that. It, but it went to uh, number 13 in the UK. And it was actually their first, uh, their, it was their first UK top 20 hit. And uh, they were not super radio friendly before this song or before this album, New Gold Dream. I don't know. Do you remember? Do you, I, I was a fan. Did you like Oh, I, I remember this song. This is yeah. like their first hit. Yeah. Well, it? it was their first hit, and, and this this sound uh, kind of made them lump them together with Duran Duran and the rest of the new romantic stuff. Yeah. Um, but they weren't. They were sort of art rocky before this. Yeah, I'm not not familiar with ultimately work familiar with with Simple Minds' work. Um, <laughs> I was uh, yeah, I was with this band. I was just pretty much the singles. I never. Uh, I never delved too deep into into the albums, although I, you know, very familiar with Jim Kerr and you know, yep. yeah, and all that. Um, because he was married to one of your favorites. Well, well yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. Um, was so. This was the first single. Do you think this is still on the uh, K Rock list? Yes, I do. It is indeed. Yes, I, of course. Of course. <laughs> horse is a horse. All right. <laughs> okay. Unless you have anything more I to tell me about Honestly, I don't. I, I was hoping that I figured you would have the first two, like some good <laughs> nuggets of uh, information. 
Well, that, that's that's pretty much what I have. All I I did this is this Simple Minds was uh, kind of one of the marquee bands of the eighties. I think that's pretty much what I've got to tell you because I figure you have a lot for the next song. Well, I don't have a lot from the next song, but um, but you are are you uh, familiar with? Well, let's let's just say, say what it is. Number thirty-eight is "Soft Cell Tainted Love" off their nonstop erotic cabaret album. Yes, am I familiar with this with the song? Yes, I think I would have to be living on no, another planet. To I was going well. I was gonna say, are you familiar? This is not an original song. Yes, no, I know that. Okay, uh, but you do know that? Do you, can you name the singer? Gloria Jones. Yes, indeed. Nineteen sixty-four. Well, someone did their research. <laughs> Good job. How do you know I wasn't intimately familiar with the... <laughs> with Wikipedia? Yeah. No. <laughs> Avoid Wikipedia. But okay. Yeah, t- but th- t- did, you hear the, did you hear the song? The Gloria Jones version? Oh, the original. No, I have heard it before, but I didn't listen to it as I was doing the research. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it says it was a B-side of, uh, of her, of a single that didn't do well, but managed to... Uh, oh, it was that redone in 1976. But that was picked. That was produced by Mark Boland, and I guess that might be why it was uh, discovered by um, Mark Almond and Soft Cell. Yep. Who's the other Mark? Who's the other member of Soft Cell? It's, uh, it's Mark Almond. Is it David Mar- Ball? Okay, so it's just Mark Almond. <laughs> hey, David Ball did all the instruments. Okay. Mark Almond was only the vocals. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess that's that's how uh, he discovered the song. Do you know? The, do you have in your notes how Mark discovered this? Yeah, well, the, her. <laughs> so Mark Bolin was the boyfriend of Gloria Jones, right? And she must have been older. So he, yeah, she must have been <laughs> because she was. This was, you know, she recorded "Tainted Love" in '64. Here we are in '76, and Mark Bolin, who's, yeah, he must have been a. Well, he's older. He's he's. Uh, so okay in 76 yeah I mean he must have been in his 20s so if she was if she recorded this song in 1964 maybe she was born in 1944 so that wouldn't be he wouldn't have been too much older Mark Boland because he was no she was she was at least 10 10 years older okay maybe I'm going with that is that significant 20 to 30 not so much I guess I I don't know so she was actually (laughs) driving the car that killed Mark Boland when they in, in the car accident, you know, he died in a car accident. I did not know yeah. she was dri- she was driving it. She was driving <sighs> the car. It was a it was a mini at the time of the accident, and it happened in South London in 1977. So she was devastated, obviously, uh, personally and professionally, and she never recovered. Her career never recover- recovered from that, and she actually started the Mark Boland School of Music in Sierra Leone. Well, that's nice. That's that's great. That's good. Turning a a horrible something horrible into a something, something wonderful good. yeah yeah uh wow that's crazy yeah so but you must have something to tell me about mark almond and the track it, there was, it was used in a levi's commercial that was directed by spike lee did, yeah. or spike jones oh directed by spike jones did you see that commercial <laughs> no but i saw the information and i wanted to go back and look at the commercial commercial is hilarious it uses um the like the blip of the heartbeat they're they're in a hospital, and it's it's of course it's by Spike Spike Jones, so it's really kind of weird. But the you know the bink bink is to the the beat of the heartbeat because there's this this horrible inju- you know this this patient is hurt. Yeah, I don't know. They're selling jeans, but they're in a hospital trying to bring this patient back to life. 
Huh. And it's to the two, you know, and the, everyone starts to sing Tainted Love. And then the tagline is Levi's wide leg jeans is wide open. And I have no idea what any of that means, but this was in, this was 1997 and they used Tainted Love and it's just crazy. This commercial, the commercial is just insane. It says, it says the staff sings along. Yes. Do you see that? That, Oh yeah. That's kind of cool. But what is the significance of the song? I'm always curious. No, no, just to the beat of we have to get away. Okay. And that was the beat of the, huh. this is the beat of the heartbeat. That's what they chose and that's what they used. And that's uh, a crazy commercial no. that, uh, you know, Spike Jones gives his own weird twist to. Memorable, I suppose. Indeed. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> do you know the other song? I mean, there was, there was another remix version of Tainted Love that, that segued into another song from the 60s. Yeah, where did our love go? Yeah, okay. Supremes. <laughs> Do you like that version? I kind of like that. Uh, yes. The way you always segued into it. I don't remember wh- why that. Do you have notes on, on why that happened? Because <laughs> I don't. I don't know. No, that's funny. So it was it was released? The song was originally released in in various versions. Um, the original single has the the has tainted love on the A side with with where did our love go as the. The flip side, which I guess is the B side, or as we know, the alternate A side. Correct. The <laughs> it says the edit, the three minutes and 58 second edit is the one most often heard on the radio, but a 12 inch single with the combined songs runs almost nine minutes. That was also released. No, I don't know. Okay. It's funny. Going back to Gloria Jones, sorry. She said that she considers the soft cell version to be the best one. <laughs> she said their version was far better than mine. Yeah, was uh, NME ranked at number 305 in the list of 500 greatest songs of all time. The, uh, the soft cell version. Yes. Yeah. Huh. So Gloria was born in 45 and Mark Bolin was born in 1947. So not that big so a that, difference. No, two years, that's nothing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mark was, was older than we thought. Yeah. No, I knew so, he was. So yeah, so I guess, yeah, he was, wow, he's, he was only 30 when he died. That okay, happened. that is tragic. I mean, it's tragic, yeah, it's obviously, hor- that he died in a car crash, but wow. That's funny. You know, they used the very first take Mark Al- of Mark Allman's vocal. It was supposed to be a run-through, so they could just tweak the settings. <laughs> but they felt like it had the right emotion, so they used it. <laughs> that happens a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that would happen a lot. Kind of like our first take of this podcast. Always the best and most emotional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many times do we do this? <laughs> We're going to do it again. Let's do this again. No, no, no. I can't, couldn't bear that. <laughs> As I, oh, no. no okay. Just, yeah, of course. Oh, we're still recording. All right. Do you know Marilyn Manson covered this for, for the movie Not Another Teen Movie? And, and uh, he jo- Mark Allman joked because they performed, Mark Allman, it was a soft cell, performed this at Glastonbury in 2002. He jokingly said this is a Marilyn Manson song before performing it. That's Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Marilyn Manson, he likes to uh, make it darker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, kind of I took over. I thought you had all this information no, and no, no, I just no. kind of took over. No, you should. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. All good. Um, all right, let's uh, move in to uh, 37. I'm hoping you have a lot of information about this one because even though my love for him is, is boundless, I don't have that much information about this song. Well, it's Thomas Dolby. Europa and the Pirate Twins. Mm-hmm. Is this still on the K-Rock list? I don't think it is. It is. Oh, I'm wrong. Still wow. on the list. Yes. Huh. Huh, indeed. <laughs> okay, well, good. You got me. 
I well, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, this um, it's funny. I was looking at the um, the lit, you know back in the day that you know these things came out in the UK and then they would release mm-hmm. them in the US and sometimes it was different versions. There is um, there are so many different versions of this album that uh, oh. <laughs> Thomas Dolby has. What was the uh, Golden Age of Wireless? Okay, okay, yeah. So the, thank you. The Golden Age of Wireless. <laughs> Had um, you might know it as um, having the song "She Blinded Me with Science." Yes, I I may. Yes, you may. <laughs> um, the initial UK version in 1982 did not have that. Um, Europa and the Pirate Twins was on it. Oh. The 1982 US version did not have "She Blinded Me with Science" on it. You're kidding. No. <clears throat> and wow. then then it came out in 1983. Strangely enough, the First track on the on the uh, Golden Age of Wireless album has "She Blinded Me with Science" on there. Must have been the biggest hit on the album. Uh, yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, uh, Europa and the Pirate Twins was initially the. <laughs> it's it's really weird the like track listing. Um, in 1982, it was on side A, uh, the fourth track for the UK version. On the US, it was the number one track on the A side. And then in 1983, it was on the B side, the first track, as you know, she blinded me with science was number one on the one track on the first track. I think I'm following you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, and so that's it. Was really there are let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six different versions of. Whoa. Yeah, they they changed it up. With, you know, then the C, you know, like 1984, the CD came out, which is early. Yeah. That's super early. I guess there were, yeah, there were CDs yeah. in 84. Well, if anyone was going to put one out, it would be Thomas Dolby. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, so the CDs, uh, yeah, on the CD says, compared with the second U.S. release, this third U.S. release substitutes different versions of four tracks. This release features the short version of She Blinded Me to Science rather than the extended version, mm-hmm. the, originally, the original recording of Radio Science rather than the re-recorded <laughs> guitar version and full-length versions of airwaves and wind power rather than edited versions. This album is kind of a mess. I mean, just as, I can imagine how frustrating it was for Thomas Dolby to, you know. Or for the record company. <laughs> well, no, I mean, they kept putting it out and people, you know, hopefully yeah. keep more people start buying it. But for different versions of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know who guessed it on the song? Guessed it, can you say that? Yeah. <laughs> no. Who is on this album? No, on the song um, Europa and the Pirate Twins. Who is on this? Andy Partridge. Oh. From XTC. Yes, indeed. He, it, it, it opened, and so the song opens with a bluesy harmonica solo, and that was Andy Partridge. Nice. How about that? Yeah. I, do you know who the pirate, I mean, did you, do you have anything on the... The, the song itself? Do you know anything about Europa and the Pirate Twins? Aside that it was inspired by the atmosphere of World War II. Okay. Not much. Um, it reached number 43 in Canada. Okay. So there's something. So it says the song emphasizes the short distance between Thomas Dolby's generation and the one which endured the last global conflict. He's very um, cerebral. He's described the song along with the tone of the album as reflecting a sense of a relationship that's going on as being overwhelmed by something on a grander level. And there's a very strong wartime atmosphere to it. So, yeah, no. No, I didn't get that. All I remember is the hand claps. Totally. <laughs> that was like yes. another another beat. 
Yeah. A little, little slower than Tainted Love. Got to get No, away. Tainted Love is then, slower. I know. Tainted, tainted Love. Yeah, slower. Yeah. So, <laughs> Tainted <laughs> Love. And then Europa is... You're very clappy today. I feel clappy. Happy clappy. <laughs> um, all right. More happy songs? Yes. Pretty happy one. All right. Who could it be at number 36? Who can it be now? Oh, who can it be now? Yes. Oh, okay. From Business as Usual. The, the men at work. Men at work. The men at work. We love the men at work. And it did go to number one here. I'm almost positive, but <laughs> as I uh, look at it, you 15 say, weeks. 15 weeks. Oh, business as usual was, was there. Oh, sorry. Yes, business as usual did. Okay. I'm not sure about the song, but the song did go to number one here. I'm just not sure for how long. I am i don't have my book. Oh, my God. I know. I brought, I can't, I mm. felt, na- I feel naked without my, uh, my billboard book. He doesn't look naked for anybody who might be listening. I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a great song. Uh, with no no hand claps, but saxophone. Yeah, last tackle saxophone. Yeah. You know, the saxophone part originally didn't come into the song until the until the middle. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I guess it says it suited, uh, it suited the band when it played it in bars. But uh, when they recorded it, the producer, he thought the sax was a hook and moved it to the beginning of the song, Make, also making it more prominent throughout the song. Yeah. Super smart. Yes, because that, that that opening made it instantly identifiable. Indeed it did. Yeah. Can you name some other where, some other 80s sax songs? Baker Street? That was from the 70s. Oh, tell me. Come on. Give me some other sax songs. Come on. Uh, one song uh, is from one of your favorite, uh, another Australian band. In excess? Yes. A sax in excess. Song. It's not, not as, you don't immediately think of the sax, but, but you think, uh, but it is in there for what you need. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you got, uh, you got your careless whisper. Yeah. 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 That, got, was, that was 90s, yeah. N- careless no, whisper? no, careless whisper was 80s. Yes, for sure. You got your smooth operator. Oh. You got your urgent. Wow. You got your man eater. I mean, when you hear these songs, when I say these words, you immediately hear saxophone. Of course. It's crazy. But when you put me on the spot like that, I can I never know. come up with the answer. Harden my heart. Oh, yes. You belong to the city. And, oh, very good uh, saxophone songs. Yeah. Bowie's uh, Modern Love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the 80s were filled with sax. Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> sax and sex. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the, the, yeah, business as usual was... 82, 80. I mean, they for for like two, three years, it was they they owned the 80s. Yeah. So business as usual. So I, as I just said, that the album stayed at number one for 15 weeks, was weeks, which was actually a record at the time for the longest stay at number one for a debut album. That's right. It was a debut. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a good album. That was a fun. Also another, I guess this is another quintessential 80s band, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's still, Colin Hayes, still playing around. Yep. We should check him out, too. We should put him on the list. Oh, he's on my, well, we'll, we'll get him in here one day. <laughs> oh, Colin Hay, that would be awesome. Yeah, of course it would. <laughs> of course it would. <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> to get anybody in here. We need, we need, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get people in here. You know, he, he did, uh, he recorded an acoustic version of this song for his two, uh, 2003 album, Man at Work. Oh, Colin Hay. Clever. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What else can you tell me? 
I can tell you that we're going to go to number 35. Which is? Which is? Oh, the Stray Cats? Yes, Runaway Boys from Built to Speed. Built for Speed. What is Built to Speed? Built, all right. <laughs> Built Sorry, to, I don't know. I shouldn't no, correct you. I don't know. You should. You should definitely correct me. <laughs> uh, Built for Speed, Runaway Boys. Is this on the K Rock list? Oh, updated I'm, list. I think I'm going to cheat and I'm going to go to the next songs to see what they are. And that way I can tell you. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing this is the one that fell off. It is indeed. Okay. This, yeah. This was not on the list. It was originally 53 on the K Rock list. In place, uh, let's see if you can pick the song that they they decide to take out Runaway Boys and put in another song that was not on this list, their original list. On the 106.7 list? Yes, but they substituted this song. Oh, you're going to have to narrow it down for me. No, you can name a Stray Cat song. Oh, a Stray Cat song. Yes. Okay. Yes, um, they, they substituted this song. A Stray Cat strut? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant any song. Oh, yeah. Name any <laughs> song. Just any song. Nope. 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 Yes, Stray Cat. Yeah. So that, oh, that makes sense. Because that, that song never did. It was their, this song, Runaway Boys, was their breakthrough single in the UK, but it, nobody really paid attention to it here. Yeah, I see the fly also. Oh, I didn't see it. I just saw you looking at I the know, ceiling. There's a fly. There's a fly. <laughs> I get Are you just trying to psych me out? I get distracted easily. <laughs> Squirrel? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, Runaway Boys, it's a good song, you know, just, yeah. you know, I, you know, you're a teenage boy, not understood. Just trying to, uh, you know, do the best you can, but nobody <laughs> understands you. That's a, that's but a running go, theme. Yeah. But yeah, run away. You go, you go to the, uh, go to the clubs where, you know, there's kids like you who understand who you are. It's music. It's all about the music. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> For but some people it was running to the arcade. Yeah. Well, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Pac-Man well, understands too, huh? me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but it's, it's still a good song. I'm sure, uh. It's it'll be featured when the Stray Cats are touring this Wait. summer on their 40th anniversary. We can. Oh God. Sorry, don't mean to say that. But we yeah. gotta stop talking about the passage of time <laughs> as we talk about the 1982 K Rock chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh yeah, Stray Cats. We can look forward to seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on to 34. You could tell me all about uh, <laughs> Duran Duran. You can. I know you must have some stories about Girls this. But it's Girls on Film from uh, from Duran Duran from their self titled album. Yes, it was their. This was their third single, Girls on Film. I didn't realize that. Well, it's from their first record. Yeah, but it was but the they, third they, single. But Duran, see, I know, but this, I think the thinking is the Duran Duran did not do as well as. You know, Rio. Rio was like their discover, you know, where everyone started discovering them, and then they record label like, well, we gotta milk this, we gotta keep new, so we gotta keep songs coming out, and uh, I think Girls on Film was probably after, you know, it came back. Pl- people came back to came, it. You mean. Yeah, people came back to that, and that was yeah. that's probably why it was the third third single, but I think it was their most yeah most successful one. That makes sense. I don't. You think this was their most successful song? Well, no, well, no, it was. Uh, off that first album. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Went to went to number five in the UK. Yeah, and did not chart here. I don't know. Is that what you're reading? That's what I'm seeing. All right. Yeah. Oh. All well, I remember is the video. Yes, of course. <laughs> the song is best known for its video. <laughs> it was the actually it was the first extended video ever made. Did you know that? It was an extended video. Yeah. 
I guess it was, yeah, more okay. of the story. And you know who directed it? Uh, please tell me. Oh, come on. Who were the, the although this isn't, quint, this isn't, I keep using that word, quintessential. You know, it's not what you think of when you think of Godly and Cream, but that's who directed it. Who do I think of when I think of Godly and Cream? Oh, um, what's the video with the faces? <laughs> that's more their style. The video with the faces? Oh. Do you know that MTV did not exist when Duran Duran made this video? They made it to show in clubs and on video jukeboxes. And so they weren't subject to any broadcasts, any, you know, regulations. Oh, okay. Well, that's, yeah. that explains the, uh, <laughs> a lot <laughs> before the Playboy channel, <laughs> which I think this was aired on Playboy channel. Oh, I, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. No, as I'm looking at my notes, the uncut version did receive regular airings on the Playboy channel. Cry. Cry is the video I'm talking about, which was a Godly and Cream song. Oh, you're talking about their <laughs> own song. Yes. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> so to me, but the, to me, that is when I think of Godly and Cream, obviously, because that is their, their th- themselves as the artists. Um, that was the song I'm thinking of that, that is visually, uh, to me, visually representative of Godly and Cream. Yes. And of yeah. course, you, you know the band that they formed. Back in the 70s. Tell me, yes. 10CC. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. The things they do for love. Things we do for love and I'm not in love. Yeah. <laughs> which loves. <laughs> Very lovey. Which I, that's one of my favorite songs. The things they do for, the no, things we do for love? No, I'm not in love. Oh. Just there's like lines where he's, he's denying that he's not, you know, he's not in love. He clearly is. <laughs> I the, There's uh, I keep your picture on the wall. Well, I can't remember the, the exact line, but I keep the picture on the wall because it, it covers up a stain that's lying there. That's there's a, there's a stain there, so that's why I still have that picture up there. You know, just a guy who's just in complete denial about how much oh. he he loves. <laughs> there's yeah, I I think that's that's a great song. That's that, a, they they create some good good stuff. I wonder if that says something about our the differences in our personalities because I understand now that you say the lyrics why you, you like that song, but I actually prefer uh, things. You, oh, the, the the things we do for love. Yeah, no, because it's a, it's a you know it's a happy song. Yeah. <laughs> You're much deeper than me. Oh, yeesh, that's, that's not the case at all. I'm pretty sure it is. Not at <laughs> all. All right. Uh, where are we? As we, we move along from our godly and cream talk. Yeah. So let's get through the next uh, couple songs. All right. Which, where, where are my notes? 33. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like you found them. <laughs> no. Papers are all over the place. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. What Th- do you got? 33. Flock of Seagulls. Space Age Love Song. From A Flock of Seagulls. Yeah, another great song. Yes, it is another great song. It only went to number 30 here, though. I think I prefer this song to uh, Iran. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's just a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, Musically and lyrically. And lyrically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you know, don't know. T- why, why is it called Space Age Love Song? That's the one question <laughs> I want to know. That's a very good question. It is a good question. So he, So the meaning behind the song, uh, he, um, Mike Score. Mm-hmm. who we've discussed and we've debated over the name of the singer. Yeah. He said it was just about intimacy. So when you meet somebody, there's an instant eye contact if the chemistry is right. If everything is right, you catch their eye. That whole across a crowded room caught your eye thing. The lyrics explain that. I saw your eyes and you made me smile. But the title does not appear in the lyric. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Well, that's why I'm wondering. So when they were working on it, someone mentioned that it sounded space age and that it was like a space age love song. Okay. That's it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just I I think it's pretty much just you catch someone's eyes from across the room or something. Yeah, yeah, saw your eyes, made me smile. Yes, <laughs> and for a little while, that's actually the line that I like. For, for a little while, I was just falling in, in love. love. Yep, just just for a little bit. Yeah, so they felt that Space Age Love Song as the title was more memorable than naming it that. You know, I was falling in love or I saw your eyes, which I agree. The one and it weir- gives you a talking point. Yeah. The one weird lyric is, I, um, I, I saw your eyes and you touched my mind. Although I like it, that. Although it took a while. Yeah. So I get, I, I see, I don't even know if they've talked. See, I, I'm thinking them from across, you know, seeing they haven't even talked. In my mind, when I initially read this or you know i was looking at the lyrics i was like oh yeah it's, they see each other from across the the hall they haven't even talked to each other yet i think you know i like the and then but then i read the and you touch my mind like all right maybe well, if that if that so, works for you if that works for you okay i i like that okay. i mean that's it makes it maybe a little more cerebral okay that's right you're more cerebral than i, I no just- that's not true <laughs> that is not true so anyway, but yeah, I, I do love the the thought of just, you know, initially seeing someone from across the hall and just like, you know, locking eyes and like, oh, maybe. And then, you know, yeah. there's the saw. Yeah. And I was falling in love. Yeah. Just from that. Just for a little while. Yeah. So yeah, very clever. I, 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 yeah, I like, I like the song a lot. I like just the, the whole atmospheric feel of that song. Yeah. It's great. Hey, maybe they're more uh, distinguishing in the UK because... Iran, which we believe to be their biggest hit, mm-hmm. right, was the worst performing of their three hits. That Wishing was actually their biggest hit, and then this one, mm. Space Age Love Song. Yeah. All right. There you go. So up to 32. Yes. Open your eyes. I loved this song. I was sure. fully into I was getting into that goth thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You are a goth girl. I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, I, so I, I loved the song. I loved the energy that the whole. I loved his, you know, mm-hmm. his, uh, Steve Bader's and just very gothy. And this is all new and cool to me. Did you like the song? Yeah. Did you know? The no, song? I, yeah, I, I do. I, I do uh, not, not as much as you do, apparently. <laughs> and so, as we've already discussed, uh, there was only one song on this list. So this is still on the K Rock list, which. Yeah. Initially, I was surprised that I thought this was going to be one a song that was lost to the ages. But. Oh no! I, I th- this was a big K Rock hit. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember hearing it a lot on K Rock. Yeah, it um, and this hit uh, reached up to number seven on the UK charts. Oh, that's I oh the indie charts. I'm sorry, UK indie <laughs> charts. Big difference. Yeah. Can you name? There was a song that reached number two on the indie charts, and it was a cover. Of like a virgin, that hit number two. Who? <laughs> Lords of the New Church did this did a version of like a virgin. I think I remember that. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. This was yeah. Um, this was out yeah a little couple years later. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They were they had some I guess did, they didn't. Did you really... like Stiff Baders or is that was I, that the, it was like a super group wasn't it kind of like well because they all came from renowned punk bands yeah. Um, you know, from the 70s, so Steve Bader's from the Dead Boys and Brian James from the Damned. And then the other two, lesser known, uh, one from Sham 69 and one, the Barracudas, who I hadn't heard of. <laughs> Rat Scabies of the Damned. Do you, uh, oh, of course. Yeah. 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 He, he played the uh, drums at the first Lords of the New Church uh, live show, which is kind of cool. There he wasn't go. in the band. Yeah. Super group. Yep. Super group. Everyone. Everyone. Super <laughs> punk. Super groups are, yeah. Everyone loves the supergroups. Yeah.
Uh, I've got a lot of death on this uh, episode. Got Mark Bolin, yeah. <laughs> Stiv. Yeah. Oh, both, yeah, car accidents. Yeah. Don't, don't text and drive. No. He was hit by a car. Stiv Bader's was hit by a car. I don't know that he was actually in a car. Oh, wow. Which is, Jesus. Anyway, that's not a way to yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Should we moving on to something happier? Uh, yes. Let's, uh, so let's uh, wrap up the, our um, song for uh, number 31. We'll, uh, we'll end our show on The Clash. Good way to end it. Should I stay or should I go? Yeah. Should I? Should I stay or should I go from yeah. Combat Rock? Indeed. Mm. One of your favorites? One or? of my, uh, my, not my favorite song, but um, but love, I mean, Combat Rock, Combat Rock had a huge impact on me. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was, uh, I, I think we've, have we talked about this where it was like, the, you know, they were opening up for The Who, in <laughs> their farewell concert tour. And so it was kind <laughs> of, everyone kept saying, this is the passing on of the torch. You know the uh, you know the Clash is going to be the next big band rock band of all time, um, and you know this was should I stay or should I go was a was a huge hit next to Rock the Casbah. Mm-hmm. You know there was those two songs that were just you know just phenomenally huge, um, and uh, yeah the band imploded right after that. So. <laughs> rock and roll style. Well, when Much you have like, these guys, and then we and we never heard from the Who again. So you know both of these bands, except which, for each farewell tour. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. The Clash never had a farewell tour. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's crazy. The, the Who is still, you know, they're playing in Vegas. They're doing a residency in Vegas and, you know, the Clash are fondly remembered. <laughs> it's, you know, it's yeah. one of those. Hopefully, you know, people still will still talk about them because, I mean, yeah, London Calling is easily top five album of all time for yeah. me. Um, and yeah, so, so, such a huge influence on a lot of bands. So it's, uh, it, yeah, just a great great band that uh, hopefully will continue to flourish as as new people discover you know new generations discover them i hope they i hope that is the case i think they do so so far so good their legacy lives on i hope so yeah they were um they actually did sell this song to a commercial to <laughs> to levi's again yeah i saw that isn't that funny yeah 1991 yeah um did you see this commercial no i okay. do not remember this commercial do oh, you okay uh, yeah, I, I pulled it up, of course. So they're, uh, yeah, it's 1991. They're in a pool hall and they're basically, uh, it's, uh, one, it's like one fat guy and one skinny guy and they're playing for pants. I think uh, that, that's <laughs> pants are the prize. Yeah. <laughs> or pants is the prize. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway, it, uh, because it was in this Levi's commercial, it was re- it was rediscovered by the UK and it went up to number one. See, so people are appreciating it all over again. Yeah, well, ninety one was a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, well, it should have a resurgence. Did you know um, that it was used in the second episode of Stranger Things in, uh, oh, in twenty sixteen? Cool. Okay, yeah, I didn't remember this, uh, but oh yes, of course I do know. The character Jonathan uh, Byers introduces <laughs> it to his younger brother Will to distract him when their parents are fighting. Oh, do you remember this? Yes, I do. Know. I do remember this. Yeah. That's funny. See, now this is yeah. Stranger Things is actually helping rediscover a lot of songs. Yeah. Including uh, Toto's Africa, of course. Yes. <laughs> thanks to thanks to uh, a Twitter account uh, demanding that uh, that Weezer cover the song. Is that how it happened? Yeah. Is that how it came about? Oh, yeah. I did not know oh, that. Oh, a girl, a 15-year-old girl actually saw tra- Stranger Things. A Weezer fan, 15-year-old Weezer fan. I didn't even know there were 15-year-old Weezer sure. fans. Sure. But there are, 
And so she wanted to hear her favorite band, Weezer, cover this song, Africa. I don't know why she put those two together. So she <laughs> created this t- Twitter account. And crazily enough, uh, it, it became viral. The band discovered it, and they, they did the cover of the song. I did not know how that came about. That's so cool. Yeah. The and, power of social media. Indeed. Indeed it is. <laughs> Uh, one day we should use social media. Do we use social media? We do use social media. Oh, okay. We use every single so. No, that's not true. We use every social media platform that old people know of. Yay. And, and use well, like Twitter, WDDIM Podcast, and Instagram, WDDIM Podcast, Facebook, What Difference Does It Make? Uh, that's all we use right now, isn't it? Yeah, well, we have emails too. So. We have emails. You can email Holly or Dave at WDDIMPodcast.com. Awesome. How about that? How about that? That just about concludes our episode, except uh, we have our quiz deck. We have our 1980s rock and roll quiz deck. All right, let's get on it. So the last question I asked you, was it, I'm not going to, do you remember if I asked you or you asked Um, me? We need to remember this. I'll do this one. You'll do the next one. Gimme, gimme. Gimme, 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 gimme. Okay. Georgia on my mind. The Peach State was home to many famous 70s rock bands, most notably... Almond Brothers. <laughs> Macon's Legend Almond Brothers Band. Which of the following 80s bands oh, formed in Georgia? <laughs> oh, geez. Ah, oh, geez. All right, so we got the B-52s. We got R.E.M. Yeah, I was giving you multiple choice, oh, okay. but I don't need to. Okay, no, go, go ahead. ahead. There's okay. two more. From Can Georgia, you get them? From the 80s band that hit. Go ahead. All right. Oh, so not all four of them. There were, there's multiple choice. Oh, okay. And you Go ahead. Okay. Let's see if I can pick the state. B-50. No. They're, they're, which bands, which of these bands were formed in Georgia? I'm going to give you four and you tell me which ones were. B-52s. Yes. Black Crows. Oh, good. Um, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm going to. Well, I'll just say yes. Yes. Okay. R.E.M. <laughs> yeah, of course. Talking Heads. Talking heads, no. There you go. Exactly. The college town of Athens, Georgia, has spawned several great bands. The B-52s formed there in 76 and went on to record six albums in the 80s. Cosmic Thing was their most popular album. And also from Athens, R.E.M. And since we're running long, I'm not going to tell you the whole story about them since you know all there is to know about R.E.M. The Black Crows formed in Atlanta in 85. And... you know. Oh, so that's yeah, and their album their first album didn't come out until like the ninety like nineteen ninety. Uh eighty nine. Was that eight okay. Shake your money maker. That was eighty nine. Okay. It was eighty nine, hard to handle and she talks to angels and the talking hangs heads formed at the Rhode Island School of Design. Yes they did. Thanks for listening to What Difference Does It Make? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um until next week. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 